Greetings, Parkview Mennonite Church. What a privilege to be with you today. I grew up the son of a Mennonite Brethren pastor in the Freeman, South Dakota area. One of my greatest memories was of Myron Augsburg coming to speak at a series of intra-Mennonite meetings. We had a great time together, and we learned about discipleship and evangelism being uh, all part of following Jesus. And I always aspired to be a Mennonite church member. So when earlier this year, the Willow Avenue Mennonite Church was accepted by Pacific Southwest Mennonite Conference, it was a dream come true. I'm grateful to be with you. On the front of your worship folder today, you see the phrase, and God saw. Stories of God seeing and acting in Hebrew scripture. Today, we want to look through God's eyes at David, the giving David and the grasping David. When, as a youngster, I would start to lord it over my younger brother and younger sister, my mother would ask, and who died and made you king? I suppose that these story of David from 1 Samuel chapter 16 through 2 Samuel chapter 5, officially by uh, scholars known as the rise of King David, might well be, and who died and left David king? And who died and left David king? Now, our text opens in 2 Samuel chapter 5. There we find David in Hebron. He's leading the tribe of Judah, a tribe spread across an enormous desert landscape with a relatively sparse population. And at that moment, the elders of Israel, the land is fertile, it's more populous, it's powerful politically. The elders of Israel come to meet with David. They remember what the Lord said. The Lord said to you, David, you will shepherd my people Israel. You will become their prince to shepherd, to guard, feed, nurture, and protect. Speaks of the kind of leader that God was looking for, that God found in David. In fact, as we recall the beginning of that story of King David, He's just a shepherd boy, kind of the runt of his family. And Samuel has to wait and search until David emerges from the sheep pen. And we hear this word of the Lord in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 9. The Lord does not see as humans see, for humans look at the outward appearance, but the Lord at the heart. Later on, the Apostle Paul is preaching. In the book of Acts, the 13th chapter in the 22nd verse. And citing the Lord's words, he says, I found David. I'm looking at David to be a person after my own heart. So what does David appear to be in God's eyes. What does God see when he looks at David? 
We've already referred to the opening story of David being anointed. Immediately following, David gives himself to King Saul and to the armies of Israel with a slingshot against a giant. The stories about David continue. In 1 Samuel chapter 18, David gives his heart and soul to his friend Jonathan, who might be the rival for kingship, except that together they make a covenant. They give their hearts to one another. The giving David spares the lives of his enemies. King Saul, not once, but twice. He gives his life in grief when his enemies are destroyed. The giving David is an amazing person. God is looking for such a one. In 2 Samuel chapter 5, the elders come and find David. They think they're seeing a shepherd. They call him a prince. It's a word carefully chosen because Israel is avoiding the kind of kingship that they've been warned about. When Israel is first seeking a king, Samuel and the Lord are disappointed because they know about the administration of a king. The word in Hebrew, mishpat, is the same word that's used for justice, for God's protection of orphans and widows, but it's contrasted with the king's justice. Why? Because according to 1 Samuel chapter 8, verses 8 and 9, the mishpat, the ways, the administration of the king are to be grasping, not giving. The kings will grasp the possessions, the wealth, and even the children of their, uh, their citizens. David is to be a different kind of king. In Deuteronomy chapter 17, in the law of the king, verses 14 to 20, God says, now, when you come into the land and ask for a king, and I give you a king after one of your brothers, then be careful that this king is not grasping, not grasping for military power with horses and chariots, not grasping for wealth with silver and gold, and not grasping for privilege and power through a whole series of wives with whom he can ally with the foreigners and himself be distracted from the ways of God. Instead, let him be given to the reading of Scripture. Deuteronomy 17, 14 to 20. So David has come to this moment, and God has found him to be the giving David. And yet, in this very moment in 2 Samuel chapter 5, David has come as far as he can in trust of Yahweh, according to Walter Brueggemann. And the story of trust and faithfulness becomes more complex and more ambiguous. We see the same in our own lives. We give ourselves to trust, to devoting our very lives to God. And then as the complications of life come to us, we are aware of more and more of what the world is offering. And it becomes uh, harder for us to avoid seeking the things that keep God from seeing us as God would. 
in David's life, we wonder why power, security, success, well-being, and legitimacy as king transform David's negotiation of life. We wonder, but we also see it as a warning. In 2 Samuel chapter 5, David continues to serve as king, but notice the way in which his administrative policies change. Immediately, he goes on the offensive to capture Jerusalem. And probably it is a good move politically, but we wonder whose idea is it to rename the city of David? And why insult people who have physical disabilities? The liaison with the wealthy, powerful King Hiram results in the first residence recorded in the Bible that distinguishes the powerful Israelite from the people. And against the rule of the king, David grasps and exploits women. As we read in 2 Samuel chapter 8, as his power grows, so too the number of his concubines and wives. And eventually David grasps the life of Uriah the Hittite and the wife of Uriah, Bathsheba. When Nathan comes to give his parabolic condemnation of David, the prophet describes a wealthy shepherd who slaughters his neighbor's sheep, not the good shepherd that God found in David initially. In 1 Kings chapter 2, we see the conclusion of David's life. And we see this contrast, as God does, between the giving David and the grasping David. In 2 Kings chapter 2, uh, 1, King, uh, 1 Kings chapter 2, the second verse, David is speaking to his son Solomon, and he sounds very much like Moses talking to Joshua. Be strong, be courageous, and hold yourself to the way of the Lord, the mishpat, the judgment, the commandment of the Lord. And God's promises will come to you, the giving David. But then the shift in verse 5 where David says, Now, concerning Joab, do not let his gray hairs go down in peace to the grave. And he continues regarding another enemy of David, Shammai. He says, do not let his gray hairs go down without becoming bloody on their way to the grave. The grasping David grasped the life of his enemy in a way that's in deep contrast with what we saw previously. Have we seen people who had the opportunity as they grew stronger and wiser to move into deeper and deeper giving? Do you know stories like that? The Church of the Brethren had as a leader Dan West. As a young man during World War I, he chose conscientious objections to war. And then later, as a member of the emergency peace campaign, he went to Spain during the Spanish Civil War. When faced with the shortage of powdered milk for starving children, he was moved 
He said there has to be a better way than simply giving just enough for them to live. What if we also provided for them in a way that gave them food long term? So when he went back to his home in northern Indiana, he spoke to fellow church members in the Church of the Brethren and encouraged them to donate young heifers to be shipped to places in need. During World War II, Puerto Rico was the first to receive a shipment from the Church of the Brethren. And his phrase, not a cup of milk, but a cow, became the mantra of Heifer International, the entity that was born of the giving of Dan West. Do you see that kind of giving going on at Parkview Church? I do. This afternoon, there will be those who decide to give of their time to attend the Guns to Gardens event at the Trinity Presbyterian Church. The giving of ourselves to feed others instead of grasping for power stands as a strong witness in our world against a world that is grasping for power through violence, through self. Later on in your own place of worship, you will join to discuss the coalition for dismantling the doctrine of discovery. Again, it's looking at a, a way of life in our country that has grasped the land of indigenous people and asking us what we can do to be more generous in giving. The Lord is always looking. God is seeing. God saw the giving David. He said, this is a person after my heart. But when God saw the grasping David, after David's life had become more complex, undoubtedly his heart was grieved. God looks at us. And God smiles. Because we are a people that seeks God's heart. We seek to be the givers. We seek to be people who follow the way of Jesus and extend our lives to others. Oh, may it be so today. May it be so among us.